0: I'm joined today by Tim Ferriss, best-selling author, entrepreneur, angel investor, and future TV star, so thanks for your time today. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So I wanted to ask you first about where I think people need the most help, which is their professional life. People spend you know, half or more of their waking hours working, yeah. and there's a recent Gallup survey that said over 70% of people are either actively disengaged or not engaged at all, which means basically they're checked out. Yeah. So what can people do to kind of turn that around, and what are, what are some tips that you have for them? Well, I think there are two different scenarios.
1: So one is a, let's say, work situation that is fixable, and then there's the work situation that needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are two different approaches. The first is really just scheduling a regular 80-20 analysis. And I still do this. So every say two to four weeks, I will sit down and I'll ask, what are the 20% of say activities and people that are producing 80% of the results that I want, mm-hmm. the things that I want, including emotional states, positive emotional states. And then conversely, what are the 20% of activities and people who are consuming 80 plus percent of my time, producing 80% of the headache, the anxiety, the right. self-flagellation, all of that. And you can very quickly create a to-do list and a not-to-do list based on that. Mm-hmm. But making the time and scheduling the time to take a step back and do the 80-20 analysis, I think, is, is first and foremost a powerful tool. That, that's the Archimedes lever for, for improvement. In the I-need-to-change-but-I'm-afraid-of-changing category, where you know, improving your job would be like hanging up nice curtains in a jail cell, right. uh, you need to fear set. What I mean by that is if you're considering, say, quitting the job or starting your own company, whatever it might be, uh, identifying and very clearly defining the fears that you have related to that Mm -hmm. uh, so that you realize the worst case scenario is very manageable. So a lot of people will hold off on making those decisions uh, because there is some nebulous fear of, you know, what if I can't? get another job. What if my company fails? Those aren't specific at all. Mm -hmm. So you should really write out all of the worst-case scenarios, all of the very specific things that could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And then in the second column, the things you could do to mitigate those or minimize the likelihood of them happening. And then the last column is what would I do to get back to where I am now if those things happened. And you usually realize like, okay, if you're working at KPMG or McKinsey or whatever, you quit, start your own company, you have X number of months of health care, doesn't work out, you can still find a job at like Bain or whatever. It's right. not right. hard uh, and it doesn't have to be that fancy. So I would say that right off the cuff, those are the first things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, tools, uh, tech can obviously help, um, and I could give you a list of, of tools that I use, like Evernote for instance, yeah. uh, You know, Uber. I mean, it, the daily apps that I use consistently to save me hours and hours of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the principles are more important than the tools that tend to change more frequently right
0: yeah let's talk a little bit more about kind of saving time and productivity obviously you have a ton going on right now yeah know, yeah and books and you know the tv show etc cetera, etc cetera. so how do you how do we get more productive how do we focus more especially in this area this era of kind of always on always connected i think that
1: uh, you need to focus on um being effective first and efficient second mm-hmm. and it's important to distinguish between the two so being effective means you're doing the right things. Uh, you're picking the right things to focus on. Being efficient is doing something well whether or not it is important. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in a constantly connected world it's very seductive to think that if you download these 17 apps you're doing A, B, and C so quickly that you're being productive whereas in fact you're just doing a lot of hand waving on things that are unimportant. Uh, so. The the true competitive advantage, I think, in this day and age, when people are constantly connected, i.e. constantly interrupted, is blocking out two to three hours a day, even every other day, to focus in a non-reactive mode on whatever your most important to do is, which is is usually the thing that makes you most uncomfortable, is a huge competitive advantage. Paul Graham of Y Combinator has a great essay called uh, the maker's schedule versus the manager's schedule that discusses this. But Peter Drucker's also written about this extensively, the effective executive. It's, 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 it's very deliberately not called the efficient executive. Yeah. Um, so
0: those, those would be some high-level thoughts, I think. And those are the most important. Right. You've also been a very successful investor um, or advisor to many companies, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Evernote, Uber. Mm-hmm. Talk about your process when you think about what companies you like to look at and invest in and kind of how you advise some of these companies and how you help them out.
1: Yeah, the the there's the selection process and then there's the, the value add component. Uh, typically, I'm working with consumer-facing companies mm-hmm. because that's what I understand. And uh, I very often rely on my fans and my readers hmm. to find those companies for me. So the re- the reason I connected with Evernote, the reason I connected with Shopify, uh, was because I would poll my readers, hmm. initially in 2009, for updating the 4-Hour week. What's the best tool for this? Can I crowdsource it? And I crowdsource them, I'd be like, okay, this has come up 70% of the time, I've never heard of them something's going on mm-hmm. and then i would check it out and uh the the unifying themes tend to be either you know productivity related small business entrepreneurship related uh or tied into one of my passions so i ha- it has to be a product that i can be a power user of mm-hmm. so duolingo for language for instance would be a good example of that they now have 10 million users i mean they've grown like mad and There are questions I ask. Could I pitch this to the New York Times? Not because the New York Times would necessarily help, but because uh, if I can pitch to the New York Times, it means it's different uh, and simple enough that I can encapsulate it uh, in one or two sentences. And it also probably means I can tie it into a trend of some type, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes the entire job easier. Uh, Is it already working and something that I can pour gasoline on? Right. So do they already, have they already demonstrated some traction but perhaps I can help when this comes to the value add piece with uh, conversion improvement. That's the first place I focus is product. So can I actually improve the percentage of say visitors that are being converted to sign-ups mm-hmm. or sign-ups to freemium that are being converted to premium, things of this type. And, and we'll focus on the actual product design if it's say a web facing service. Uh, and then and I spent a lot of time with, with some really, really sharp, hate the term, but growth hackers, sort mm-hmm. of quant-based uh, analysts who are really good at this stuff, yeah. and uh, there's some stellar people who came out, let's say Quora, Facebook. Uh, from that point, once, once we have a finer mesh net for kind of catching as many people as possible who, mm-hmm. who hit a site or an app, then it's time to look at actual launch strategy and how do you go? How do you go from one city to nationwide yeah. to global is a big question. And uh, you know, I've I've I'm able to then invest or advise companies that are going to tackle the same challenges, so they can learn from one another. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you look at TaskRabbit, Uber, same challenge, right? Yeah. City by city by city, nationwide, then global. Uh, and if if you look at, uh, say, Evernote they're gonna face some of the same challenges as Duolingo mm-hmm. because they're both sort of inherently memory slash learning products right. in some capacity. Uh, so those would, be, those would be a few. Uh, and also, of course, I live in Silicon Valley partially because I want to be in the mix. I want right. to be in the thick of things. Mm-hmm. And the reason I became an advisor to Uber, like pre-seed money, which is insane, uh, was because I was an advisor to stumble upon and mm-hmm. got to know Garrett Camp really well. And then, and I'm, and I'm also an advisor to his new, his his new, uh, sort of stealth uh, incubator. It's not an incubator. It's a company called Expa. So it's, awesome. uh, you know, the the same Rat Pack tends to to stick right. together if they're working well together.
0: That was interesting. You're a huge fan of Warren Buffett as well, yeah. because. In many ways, you know, Warren Buffett stays away from the whole tech area. He says it's too hard to predict, et cetera. But you've been to the shareholders meeting. Actually, asked him a question. I think. Yeah. What What, uh, what have you learned from Warren Buffett, and why why are you such a big fan? Despite some maybe some contradictory investment, you know, thesis principles, et cetera. But also yeah. a lot in common. Yeah. As well. I, so I don't. I actually think I've I I've read a lot of Warren
1: Buffett mm-hmm. and. I think that my approach is actually, I mean, very closely modeled after some of his right. basic tenets and Munger's, for that matter. Because when he, when Buffett says I don't invest in tech, it doesn't mean don't invest in tech. It means invest in what you know. Right. And yeah. I I you do ha- I have an acute informational advantage yeah. in Silicon Valley, and that's engineered. It's not accidental. I made mm-hmm. a point of being there, and. Uh, I like the idea of having to choose your shots very carefully as if you had a ticket where you can only hole punch, you know, mm-hmm. 10 or 12 investments. Right. And uh, when I've made mistakes, it's when I've tried to do the spray and pray approach. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who do that and are almost an index fund. Uh, I think, you know, Ron Conway is fairly well known for doing this. Yeah. Uh, that's not my approach. I don't think I can succeed. I can't out Conway, Ron Conway. Yeah. Uh, but... Can I take a very hyper-focused approach and invest in companies that, A, are growing and producing revenue, right, mm-hmm. uh, where they lack something I can provide very easily? Yeah. Or can I invest in a company where I get a discount on what you might consider the like book or intrinsic value of the company? Right. So let's just say, because of my location in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. uh, someone wants to buy a house, they want to offload some, some stock and I happen to be right place, right time. That's how I ended up investing in Twitter. Mm-hmm. Right. And worked out pretty well. <laughs> worked out pretty well so far. I mean, I've got a lockup, so yeah. okay. uh, we'll see what happens. But that, um, I am methodical in how I approach right. this. And uh, there is some alchemy involved. You can't always apply um, <laughs> you know, pro forma analysis to these startups, right. uh, but You know, so far so good, Mm -hmm. and I think the next years, the next say three to five years, will will really paint a a more accurate picture of how effective my investing has been. But I think it's it's critical for people to realize if they're going to invest in startups. And so, for instance, I'm an advisor to Mm AngelList, which is going to is and will continue to increasingly change the investment game completely for startups. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, if you go to say like angel.co slash tim. That's me. Yeah. And I have about $1.6 or $1.7 million in automatic backing for any startup I want to back. Wow, That's insane. Wow, It's totally different from anything that's been possible before. Huh. And this only started about a month ago with, yeah. the, with the, the raise on the uh, ban of general solicitation. So, what that means is, previously, startup would have to take months and months and months to raise money. Mm-hmm. Now, I have enough money for a Series A. And I could literally okay. just press a button, done. I okay. mean, it's 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 really kind of mind blowing when you think yeah, of it. That's amazing. Um, and I do have some really really cool stuff coming up, but um, awesome. that's a side note. Yeah. So uh, if anyone hasn't, they definitely need to get the the uh, the collected annual letters of Warren Buffett. Of course. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it just teaches you to be a better thinker. Right.
0: Tell us more about what you're doing right now. you got the show coming up. Tell us a little bit about it and what's going on with that.
1: Yeah, so the the show is the Tim Ferriss experiment, Mm -hmm. and it's basically taking all these crazy experiments that I do on myself, whether it's business-related, investment-related, physical manipulation-related, and putting it in front of a camera mm-hmm. uh, so that people can see, like, how do, how do I build a business in a week? I'll show you. Like, there's an episode on that. Uh, how do I overcome my fear of learning musical instruments? Mm-hmm. And attempt to learn the drums in one week well enough, four days really, to go on stage with the band Foreigner and play to a sold-out auditorium as the drummer. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, learning languages in a week. Mm. Surfing, golf, etc., etc. Uh, each episode shows my successes and my failures Mm -hmm. all my mess ups uh, and along with a world-class teacher you know the best person I can find I'm really good at finding Mm -hmm. these weird outliers Uh, I give a basically a a cliff notes to the viewer for how they can replicate these results Mm -hmm. and the point is you, you can get superhuman results not by Better genetics, not through infinite budget, but by just having a better toolkit. Mm-hmm. So each episode is intended to be like very gritty, very action-oriented, meaning like an action movie. I'm right. um, doing parkour and all rally <laughs> racing and all this crazy stuff, uh, and it's made by the people who do Anthony Bourdain stuff. So it's very awesome. gritty, mm-hmm. um, but you're also getting a lot of stuff you can use, right. and uh, extremely entertaining. But you're getting concrete takeaways, which is Kind of what I'm known for and yeah. what I like to include.
0: Great. So tell us when it airs and how we can find more info.
1: Yeah, it airs. It airs uh, starting December first, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 8 p.m. It's prime time. 8, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific mm-hmm. on Upwave on HLN. So the actual dial would show HLN, mm-hmm. and people can see sneak previews. Uh, they can see even a full episode at upwave.com/tfx. Great, Tim Ferriss. Thanks so much for your time. Cool. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks.